welcome to Nature Revisited, the podcast. On this episode, we are featuring Stefan Van Norden, that's me, and making of a podcast. But first, Nature Revisited is once again pleased to have Kristen Miskelly and the Satin Flower Nurseries from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, as our sponsor. Satin Flower Nurseries, native plants, seeds, and consulting on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, is proud to be the sponsor of this special episode of Nature Revisited with its founder and host, Stefan Van Norden. We can't wait to listen to the making of a podcast and learn more about Stefan's work to connect and engage people who are passionate about nature. Nature Revisited provides a platform for people who are trying to shape the future of our relationship with nature and has cataloged these inspirational stories for generations to come. As Stefan puts it, every episode is like a painting. His job is to frame them. Lake Nature Revisited, Satinflower Nurseries aims to inspire and empower people to connect with nature. We grow exclusively native plants to our region and help people develop relationships and respect for local ecosystems through our plants, resources, workshops, and restoration consulting. To learn more about Satinflower Nurseries, please visit satinflower.ca. Thank you, Stefan, for including us in this special episode of Nature Revisited. As Nature Revisited concludes its fourth year and we start planning for the future, I thought I would like to share a bit of who I am, the person behind the questions, and why Nature Revisited was started. So I asked my good friend, Jamie Horton, if he would interview me for Nature Revisited. He agreed, and here is that interview. I hope you enjoy it. Since uh, you're coming up on the end of your fourth year of the Nature Revisited podcast, and I'd like you just to reflect on what ultimately uh, Nature Revisited means to you, because I think it would be of real interest to your listeners. Nature Revisited really means everything to me at this point. It is my way, I feel, of giving back to nature what it has given to me. I'm getting older, and I'm not sure how long I will be able to do this. I look at it that Nature Revisited is a platform for people who are trying in their own ways to shape the future of this planet. That there are a community of people who are trying to make a difference. And I hope Nature Revisited will be a part of that community for as long as we can. That's how I view my podcast, as a part of a larger community Let's talk a little bit about how your interest in nature began and how it took shape in your life. Tell us a little bit how that came about. When I was a young boy, I spent a lot of time in the woods around the house where I was brought up. I would 
go into the woods. I would go to the brooks and the streams that would empty into the river. And I felt very comfortable there. My mother particularly would let me go and wander and play, and I played. Looking back, the one thing that I really remember was that I was comfortable there, that I liked being there, that I would go there and play and be creative. That was my first recollections of my connection with nature. But that seemed to have disappeared after going to school and getting involved in all the things that you then deal with as you grow up. And I kind of lost any connection with nature until we bought our first house. There was a couple of flower beds in the backyard and I started to weed them and clean them out. That's when my connection with nature kind of started again. The more I, I spent time there, it was more of a creative way. It wasn't really like I was trying to connect with nature. It was a visual thing. It was like a canvas and that I was painting. And that was the first house. And then when we moved to our second house where we are now, I was able to have a larger landscape and I was able to expand the size of my garden. And by doing that, it opened up an incredible world that I became totally engulfed in. That is where I returned to nature, was through my garden. Outside these windows of this house where we're sitting right now, you have a garden to which you've dedicated an enormous amount of time and care. Am I right in saying that that garden represents a microcosm of something far greater? One of the things that really influenced me in that process was a book called Essay on Gardening by a gentleman named Hank Gerritsen. In that book, which is probably the most important gardening book that I have ever read, led me to understanding that the garden is, like you say, it's, it's kind of a microcosm of something larger. If one is willing to work and allow nature to be a part of that process, you can create something wonderful. And at the same time, you can understand the larger part of what nature really is. Th that was a, a real eye-opener for me because that's when I started being interested in nature, not so much in what the garden looked like, right. but what nature was. And nature offers us so much. And when I say that I'm trying to give back to nature something that it has given to me, it's true. I mean, nature, if you spend a lot of time, and no matter how you spend that time, whether it's in a garden or just walking in the woods, nature has so much to offer to us and to teach us. It was through that process that I came to want to express that relationship and that thankfulness. You still consider yourself a gardener? I do, but I think my garden has changed a bit. I consider nature revisited to be, in some ways, a garden, and that my guests are different 
plants are different parts of nature. They come from different aspects. They show us that our relationship with nature is as diverse as nature is itself, that there's no one way to have a relationship with nature, but we have to have one and it needs to be personal. And that's what my guests share, I think, as a whole with my audience is their passion mm -hmm. and their direction that they're trying to take. You, you mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago, but how do you express your creativity in your relationship to nature? What, what is it that is creative about that? Probably anyone who spent a lot of time in a garden will understand that, that the creative part of it is, for nature, is more of a collaboration almost. As a painter, which I wanted to be at one point, it's the artist painting his picture. But with nature in a garden, if you take the right approach, you're, you're collaborating with nature. So you may plant a plant or a series of plants, but then as you let them go, nature will do things on its own, in its own creative way, to make something beautiful. The term that I use later on is negotiation, that my experience in my garden was to some degree, a negotiation with nature. And that's what led to my film. That's great. And we'll talk about that in a second. The mantra for Nature Revisited is we are nature, which I am personally very attached to and have a great uh, belief in myself. When did you, when do you think you realized that was true? Well, I thought about this question and I had my first answer, but last night I had my second answer. And that is when I first realized that we are nature, it's when my daughter was born. When I saw her being born, not only did I see her being born, I saw myself being born. And I saw in reality how I came about. But seeing her born really made me realize that I was part of nature, that that's where I came from. The larger part was when, in my garden, when I, I started realizing that there was such beauty in nature, not only in my garden, but in the world, there's, nature has created such beauty that if I perceive that as beautiful, because nature's not necessarily consciously trying to say, this is beautiful, it just does what it does. And if I perceive that as beautiful, that tells me that I am a part of it and that I am nature because of that instinctive awareness of its beauty tells me that I am part of nature. And so this is a connected question. So in looking at nature and the beauty that it creates, there is something that is essentially, and you and I have spoken a little bit about this in the past, there is something about this relationship and nature itself that is sacred. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that concept. How important is that sacredness in our understanding uh, and relationship with nature? Well, I think I first really realized that nature was sacred 
there were a few times in my garden where I would be either walking or just passing through and I would look at a part of it and it would just strike me as just being so incredibly perfect. I got this sense that, that I had an obligation to nature and that that obligation extended way beyond my garden. That this relationship that I was building with nature did have this, it had this special relationship. And the idea of it being sacred started to enter into my way of thinking and using that term. And I don't think we use it a whole lot in our Western world. I think the, the concept of the sacred is starting to change. Before the three major religions, before the scientific revolution, which kind of led to the industrial revolution, people had a different concept of the sacred. And you still see it today. If you go to most indigenous cultures, they have a, a concept of the sacred, which is different than ours. And that concept is one that is very personal and it has to do with nature. Something that is sacred is something that I hold in high regard, that is a part of me that I respect. Doesn't mean that I can't interact with it, I can, and I should. And that I think going forward, the idea of the sacred will become more and more in tune with nature as we move forward. And it has to if we're gonna survive. We have to hold the natural world in high regard. And I think even science these days is starting to bring that in. There are scientists who talk about how science is important, but we do need to have, we need to combine that with a sense of the sacred, of the spiritual, that we've separated those for too long, that they are connected. So that's where, for me, I get that sense of something sacred that this looking at these plants and looking at what nature created, it was beautiful, but it was way beyond enjoyment and it's beyond love. It's sacred. I believe that humans can live a comfortable life and still have a sense of the sacred, that we need to integrate those, that it's not something that we have to go back to the way things were to have a sense of the sacred. We don't. We can be right here at the present and we can still have a comfortable life on this planet and still have a sense of the sacred. And you have to have a dedication to it and a belief in it and a dedication to its furtherance, if you will. I think that's what your program, Nature Revisited, comes back to so often with so many of your guests is this belief in something that we must revere, something that we must pay respect to, something uh, to which we are inextricably related. I'd like to backtrack a little bit. Before you started this podcast, you made a film called Negotiating with Nature. I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about the making of that film, uh, why you did it, and what people's reactions to it were. That film started shortly after those moments in my garden that I was just speaking of, when I had a sense that I had an obligation to nature that went beyond my garden. And I thought about how, how do I do that? You know, what are some of the ways that I can share with people 
my experiences. And I kind of came up with this idea that maybe I would make a film, which was way out of my league in one sense. I had never made a film before, but I thought that that would be a really good way of putting these things together. So I thought about it for about a year and then I decided to do it and raise some money, got another film director to work with me. And over the course of three years, I made a film called Negotiating with Nature, which was a film that I tried to show not only my relationship with nature, but I interviewed people who there again were talking about the importance of this relationship with nature. So I made this film called Negotiating with Nature. It was a long process. but And then when I finished, which I thought was a fairly good film. Yes, it was indeed. I uh, saw it. I tried to get it, you know, to show it. It was incredibly difficult. There is so much media, particularly film, but just so much out there that it is hard to break through with something like a film of that type and got very discouraged. Thought about making another film, but then realized that the money it takes, the time it takes, and the response that I received wasn't really worth it, that I wasn't going to go through that again. And so that experience with this film, in a way, pointed you towards where you are now, which is the podcast. Uh, speak a little bit about where the inspiration for the podcast came from. Well, after I made the film, like I say, I was very discouraged, but I wasn't going to give up. I still felt that I had something to offer. I still wanted to give back to nature and that my film wasn't doing it. I was frustrated and I was discouraged, but I wasn't finished. And at that point, I heard about these things called podcasts. Didn't really know what they were. I looked into them and I realized that they were audio. You would listen to them on your phone. You could do a lot with them. A, a few things really stood out for me. The first was when I made my film, I interviewed lots of people and I would do a half hour or an hour interview and end up taking maybe a minute or two and putting it in the film. And the rest of that just went away or it, did, it wasn't used. With a podcast, that doesn't happen. With a podcast, I give my guests their whole 30 minutes. I try to ask their questions and then stay out of it and let them talk, which I just felt that was wonderful, that there are so many people out there who are doing such wonderful things and they have a lot to say. The other thing that really intrigued me about the podcast was that it was audio, that we don't really listen to each other anymore. We don't listen to things. We are very distracted by visual. We're very distracted by a lot of things. And I really liked the idea that someone would listen to my podcast or would listen to my guest, which also causes them to have to use their imagination as to what they're saying and what the process is. So those two things really excited me about doing a podcast. And so this concept of uh, actually 
listening and using one's imagination in short form is something that I, I think is uh, one of the reasons that your podcast is so successful and I find it so intriguing to listen to because these people that you're interviewing, and we'll talk a little bit about this in a minute, come from all over the world and they all share this passion for nature and you do get a, a sense of a complete story that you can you can listen to and, and by the time that 30 minutes is up, you really feel like you've taken a step into someone's life. So how long have you been producing this podcast and where do you find these uh, rather incredible guests that you, you feature on it? I've been doing the podcast for four years. We celebrate the fifth year coming at the beginning of the year. Where do I find my guests? They come from everywhere. I come from referrals from guests that I have. I will read a book and contact them. It's, a, it's like a community out there. And there are a lot of people who are trying to do good things. Most of them are excited about making that connection. I just follow up on leads. If somebody mentions something, I follow up on it. And there are just so many people out there. And that's one of the real rewards for me of doing the podcast, that I have been able to meet and spend time with some incredible people. And they're not all famous people. You know, that's the other thing I really like about the podcast is my diversity, that I hopefully have found people who aren't so famous, but are just as passionate about what they are doing and sharing that. They come from all over and, and, I'm, and the podcast is doing well enough so they contact me and want to be on my podcast. What you are doing, it uh, seems to me, is that you are nurturing this community. You are nurturing this garden, if you will, of, of people and reminding us how interconnected all of this really is. You've uh, done some 80 episodes for this podcast. Are there one or two that really stand out for you that you might speak about? I spend a lot of time on each podcast, each episode. A lot of work goes into each one. I'm part of that process. So they all are very important to me. But I would say that there are two that my heart is a little more connected to than the others. The first one is episode three with a gentleman named Jeffrey Reddick, who is a African-American serving a life sentence in a prison in North Carolina. For, doing, for making a mistake, a mistake that he has been punished too harshly for. And he is serving out his time. What he does is he paints pictures. And they're, they're kind of a, a primitive picture of life on his grandmother's farm and of nature. And there's a lot of pictures of tulips. But he paints pictures of nature. And that's what sustains him in prison. And I got to know Jeffrey through a friend of mine who had connected with him through a magazine. Uh, Jeffrey would connect with people outside the prison because he really liked gardens. So I was able to do an interview with him from prison. So I was able to give him a voice that traveled outside that prison to share with other people and to give other people an idea that even when you're locked away for the rest of your life, nature has a way of 
finding you and, and how important it is to him. The other one is episode 34 on Hank Gerritsen, gentleman I mentioned earlier, who was a Dutch plantsman, designer, artist, and he wrote the book, Essay on Gardening. And he was also probably the most influential force behind what is referred to as the Dutch wave, which came out of Holland. It was a new way of looking at the garden, a natural way. Today, we call it the natural garden. And as I said before, his book, probably the most important gardening book I've ever read, he was very influential to people like Pete Odoff, but he died very young. In my opinion, never got the recognition that he deserved. So I spent a, an episode, and there's two parts to it, tracking down people who know him in the Netherlands and England and putting together a tribute to Hank called His Life and Vision, which is a two-part series on the podcast. It's one of the podcasts I'm very proud of. Why were you uh, so fond of this episode? What's its importance to you? What Hank was really all about is that he went into nature and he, he looked at plants that were in their natural settings and he brought some of those back into his garden. So his importance is, you know, he was one of the first to really promote this idea of native plants of a natural garden, of letting nature be a part of the process. Let nature be the teacher. Let nature be the teacher. A strong force behind what came to be known as the Dutch wave. And he died young. And I've always felt that he never got that recognition of being such a strong force to other people in that world and how it's still going. You know, today, you, the natural garden is, is huge. Am I right in saying that one of the things that he was passionate about was, I think the phrase was, what grows together goes together? You spoke a little bit about your own garden and, and what that meant to you and the lessons that nature has to teach us, combining what is natural and what his contribution to that natural environment was. Exactly. He said that I, I do intervene in my garden. I don't just plant stuff and let things go. I intervene, but I do it in a way that allows nature and myself to be a part of the process. There's a real dialogue, and that's how you learn all the things that you can learn from nature and from your garden. In the 80-some episodes of Nature Revisited, is there... Something that you would talk about that has been particularly inspiring, a learning experience that you might address? One of the areas of nature in the natural world and the planet that I have come to really appreciate and understand better is the prairie through my podcast, Nature Revisited. Before this, I probably considered the prairie or the Midwest, like most Americans do, it's a flyover zone. You go from the East Coast to the West Coast. But I have connected with a number of people who have been on the podcast who have talked about the real 
important the real value of the prairie and how we are losing it. It's an ecosystem that is so unique. And we are down to, I believe, 1% of the original prairie is left. It is a part of our culture and our country that has been overlooked. It's one of the subjects that I go back to a lot on my podcast. Having done this for four years, what is the most difficult part of making this podcast for you? The most difficult part is acquiring funds to make it happen. It does cost money. Acquiring the funds to, to make it happen is, is a difficult thing. The other part is breaking through this media world that we, we are surrounded by. There is so much chatter. There is so much static. It's hard to break through that with a podcast about nature. Given that, though, I'm very proud of the success that I have had over the course of the four years the last two years, my podcast listenership has increased over 300% each year. So it is getting out. It's a slow process. I wish it went a little quicker because I feel that these 80 some odd episodes is the real collection of not just our relationship with nature, but it's a collection of bits and pieces of our culture that one can listen to and just let it sink in. Related question is, what do you think the future for this podcast looks like? I know that this is uh, demanding for you. It's a, it's a long journey. It's a difficult and challenging journey. How do you see the future for this, uh, for Nature Revisited? I hope to do this as long as I can, that there is no shortage of content. There are plenty of guests. There's no shortage there. I do think there, again, if you look at the podcast, you can see that each episode, we raise the bar a little bit, that the more I get of this diversity, the more people are willing to come who are important voices to be on my podcast. So I, th I think there's a real future for it. If I can be patient and just stay at the helm and let it take its course, which is sometimes that's hard to do, the garden, it teaches you to be patient. What you're speaking about, the goal that you're speaking about, takes time. It requires dedication. It requires being open. And I would encourage those folks who are listening to this interview to take a moment and to listen, if they have not already, to listen to this podcast. Listen to not one, not two, but a dozen or more episodes of this because they're all so interrelated and that that dedication, that acknowledgement that what we need to do is pay more attention to nature and to rediscover our inextricable relationship to it. Yeah, so let's, let's uh, going full circle here. We started with this question and uh, I'd like to end with it. Um, and that is ultimately, you have embarked on this journey called Nature Revisited, and I'd like you to speak a little bit more uh, about what it ultimately means to you. I have found through Nature Revisited 
I found a community of people who are trying in their own ways to shape the future of this planet. These are folks who are really trying to make a difference and they're sharing it with me and my listeners. So I hope that Nature Revisited will be a part of that community for as long as it can. That's what it means to me, to have found a place where I feel like I'm part of a community that is trying to make a difference. I hope you enjoyed this interview with me. And if you did, please share with friends, family, and colleagues. You can follow Nature Revisited on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or on our website, Norden Productions. Nature Revisited, again, would like to thank Kristen Muskelly and the Satin Flower Nurseries for sponsoring this episode. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, remember, we are nature. <laughs>